0: Have you given some thought to the younger generation and their thoughts about the coronavirus? Maybe they have questions that you haven't answered. Maybe they have concerns like this. The death tolls, the people getting sick. Trips being canceled, concerts being canceled, important business matters being canceled. School
1: being canceled.
0: Take the time to speak to your children about the coronavirus and what impact it will have during this time. This is a message brought to you by Safety FM. Hello and welcome to the Jay Allen Show. I don't know. I, I'm i kind of at a loss for words today with everything going on out there in the world. I keep on looking and taking a listen to the different things that are going on on the news. And there's so many different things to process. And there's so many different things to discuss to have the conversation about. So at this point, I, I've been asking a lot of questions of what do we do? And I don't really think that any of us have a true answer on really being able to tell you 100% on what needs to be done. I was listening to a podcast that was recorded by Dr. Todd Conklin over the weekend. And he talks about how some of the information that you're going to hear is going to be inaccurate and how we're going to have to change and adjust. And I really think that that's going to be the the conversation. I really think that that's going to be what we're going to need to take a listen to. So here's what we got going on. I know traditionally we would give you some big intro and all that. I just wanted to really drop in and have the conversation with you. And then we'll we'll have a we'll have a standard podcast. But I want you to know that here at Safety FM we're going to be committed to every hour at the top of the hour to cover with you what is going on with COVID-19 around the world. We've had our partners from Feature Story News Start addressing this every hour on the top of the hour. Also, Dr. Todd Conklin has stated that he will put out a podcast every day with an update of what's going on. It's going to be almost impossible to send out this information all the time to you in regards to when new episodes come out. Just with everything that's going on and all the news feeds and what's going to keep up to date. So I just want to have that conversation with you right away, letting you know that every day, Dr. Todd Conklin will pull out a new episode of what's going on every day here at safetyfm.com and safetyfm.live. We will discuss from feature story news what is going on with COVID-19 or the coronavirus, however you want to list it, at the top of the hour, every hour for at least three minutes. Also, this Friday... March the 20th at 1 p.m., we're going to have our first virtual town hall here on Safety FM. We're going to have the majority of our hosts come on and talk about what's going on and have a discussion. We're also going to have some other people come in and discuss what they're seeing from their point of view. And we're going to attempt to get some subject matter experts that are out in the field. That understand contamination, understand containment. I mean, it's just some odd times right now. I want to hope and wish for the best for you, as you are the listener out there. I also want you to be aware that if you do have any questions on things that are going on and that we can assist with, Dr. Todd Conklin has a reference to please email him some questions Our station is always available via safetyfm.com, safetyfm.live, of course. And you can send an email there. We even have a bot on safetyfm.com that if you leave a question, we will have somebody get back to you and provide you anything that we can. Keep in mind that this is going to be a huge learning curve for all of us together. We always talk about resiliency and reliability. And this is really going to test what we can do as humans, as a workforce. We need to understand that we're all in this together. And social separation does not mean social isolation, which means vanish. Stay in contact with the people that you know. Stay in contact with the people that you love. This is going to be one of the biggest times that you're going to see a lot of people suffering from depression. This is going to be one of these strange times that people are not going to be sure on what to do. There's only a few people that are 100 years old or so that were around in the 1918s when the Spanish flu hit. that They would be able to understand this a little bit. But also keep in mind that information changes so much quicker now and how we're able to get it. Anyways, I don't want to go on too long. So I'm going to get you to our standard episode. This was a episode that we recorded where we were at the North Dakota Safety Council at the end of last month. I still want you to be aware that we are here to service and do all the work that we can for you. Uh, but I still want to be able to bring these interviews to you And still be able to take a listen to what was going on before our news headlines were just covered with coronavirus and COVID-19. Thank you for always being the most important part of Safety FM, the listener. Let me go ahead and get you into the episode.
1: It begins in Orlando, Florida. And travels steadily to the west. Beaming across North America and planet Earth. And into your head. The world of safety never stops. And now, the Safety FM podcast and broadcast with Dr. Jay Allen.
0: We are streaming live from the Safety FM Roadshow now. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by Arrow, The next generation error reduction and mitigation system. For more information, go to aerohp.com. And we are streaming live from the NDSC 47th Annual Conference in North Dakota. And we are right now live with Don Mosman. I'm sure I'm going to mess up your last name. Oh, no, you gave me the thumbs up, so that's a good sign there. <laughs> so, Don, I wa- I'm i so glad that you came by. Really just wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you and really figure out, how did this all come to be? There's over. There's cl- has to be at least close to 1,000 people at this conference.
1: Yeah, actually uh, close to 1,500. Oh, wow, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, uh, so this is our 47th year. Uh, The the North Dakota Safety Council has been in existence for for more than 60 years. And uh, we are a a private, nonprofit safety advocacy and training organization. And, you know, there's several uh, National Safety Council chapters. We're one of them. There's 21. And most of them do have regional safety conferences. The National Safety Council has the World Congress and Expo, which is the largest safety event in the world. And these regional conferences are designed to uh, bring those opportunities for training, opportunities for products, and opportunities for learning to those, those local regions so that if somebody doesn't have the resources or time to get to that one big conference that they can still get what they need to make their workplaces a better better world.
0: So, so, so Don, how did you discover this? How did you come about learning about the NDSC? Me personally, yes. You personally.
1: Um, well, that's kind of a long story. <laughs> um, so, uh, my background: I was a, a squadron safety officer in the U.S. Air Force, and uh, uh, following that, I was a, a law enforcement officer in uh, Denver, Colorado, for twenty years. Uh, and then I, I had a brief stint with the National Safety Council, the parent organization of Here. And when I worked for the National Safety Council, that's when I learned and, and met the staff of Here of the NDSC, and that was of a close to 10 years ago. And uh, then when I left law enforcement and moved back home, which is South Dakota, that's where I grew up, uh, they reached out to me and um, said, hey, we think you ought to make North Dakota your home. And so I moved up here. I've been here for seven years and uh, started started working for them and training for them and uh, have enjoyed it ever since.
0: So you're a master instructor currently. So what courses do you actually teach?
1: Well, I I teach a few of the uh, ASC, which is the Advanced Safety Certificate. That's an accreditation through the National Safety Council for a safety professional. I teach those. Um, But the vast majority of the classes I teach are under our Community Protection Division. And that's uh, Workplace Violence Prevention, School Violence Prevention, and House of Worship Violence Prevention. And then I also teach uh, Active Shooter Response for industry and schools.
0: Now, when somebody would come to some of the sessions that are going on here, Will that be some of the topics that are covered too, like some of the courses that you might teach for them to to go into afterwards? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, for example, tomorrow I'm teaching a session on threat assessment teams. So a threat assessment team is something that a school or a business employs where you get a group of people together. Usually it's a, a combination of line people and supervision. And when we have a threat, right, somebody posts something online, somebody overhears a conversation about somebody that's upset or wanting to do harm to the facility. Facility or do harm to people. Um, how do you process that information? What do you do with that information? And uh, how do you vet it? What do you do with the employee uh, once you learn that information, or what do you do with the student uh, in a school circumstance? So I'm teaching that uh, block tomorrow. Oh, very interesting.
0: And so, how, let me just ask how does this whole thing work? Because I'm so impressed with the amount of people that are here. And there's so many people that are from out of state. That's what I've, I've I found amazing. How do you, how are you marketing this? Because <laughs> I, I've met plenty of people from Texas, which I was kind of surprised yeah. that they're here.
1: Well, it's, it's twofold. One thing is, uh, you know, of course we have the Bakken, uh, which is uh, the, the oil country on the Western part of North Dakota. And a lot of those companies have offices and corporate headquarters that are located in Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana. So a lot of those folks come up here for this event. Um, so that's one reason. And the other is is that we, although we're the North Dakota Safety Council, we do have a kind of a regional impact. Uh, we have over 950 companies uh, in more than 20 states that we serve. And so, you know, we have a lot of people here from Montana, Wyoming, uh, Nebraska, South Dakota, Minnesota. So it is a regional state conference.
0: Well, and then the interesting portion is I was here yesterday. I actually arrived the day before yesterday, but I was here for the opening session. You had Terry Gray. Um, taking definitely a different approach in regards to the, uh, the what was it the safety man movement yeah, which yeah. was very exciting <laughs> and I'll tell you it's probably one of the most different keynote speeches that I've seen and I mean that in a good way not in a bad way especially with him rapping I think I never expected <laughs> never expected that so what, we what, didn't either <laughs> so <laughs> that was when you cool. so when you take a look at these things how do you decide on how do you move forward and who you're going to have here because your audience is so diverse
1: yeah so that's our conference planning team right they work year round and um, you know we. Uh, we also, for example, I'm uh, I'm teaching at, at uh, two or three conference, national conferences this year, um, including the World Conference at Expo. I'm doing a, uh, an active shooter workplace violence session there. And so when we go to these other conferences, we listen to keynote speakers. We uh, try to get... Uh, information from other organizations as to, you know, who's been received well and great messages and stuff like that, and then we c- accumulate that information all year round to try to bring the very best and brightest talent here. Okay. And in 91
0: sessions this is the other thing that I that I've been impressed about. And there, I've been to several conferences where it seems like it's very repetitive <laughs> in regards yeah. to the session. It doesn't seem like that's the case here. Are they all different instructors that you bring acro- bring around, or how? Do, how does yeah, so work?
1: we we. When we plan the conference, we try to look at it as um, almost um, tracks of people that we could provide quality training for. So obviously that's safety professionals. That's one track, right? But we, so for example, on Monday we had a school track where it was all of the training was around school safety. Um, We have several classes that are around HR professionals. We have classes that are around workers. We have classes that are supervision related um, and across different types of industries as well. So every year we try to diversify a little bit more so that we try to uh, really bring that that safety opportunity to lots of different organizations that maybe in traditionally haven't really thought about safety that much. You know, large corporations typically have safety teams and safety managers, and uh, you know they're they're kind of in the OSHA venue or OSHA's eye, and so they know what to do. Uh, same thing with the mines, right? We have a lot of coal mines in North Dakota, so the MSHA Mine Safety and Health um, they they're they're used to that, but we try to you know places like uh, well, one business that we know that, that came here today is is a tire, tire business, right? They don't typically come to safety conferences and right. think about safety, but when you look at data, right, those small and medium-sized businesses with, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 employees they have a lot more exposure to risk of people getting hurt on the job than large corporations. And so we really want those people to be able to come in and take advantage of some of these classes so that they can keep their people safe.
0: And then the interesting part, because of course you have large companies, small companies, so this plays a key factor, because like you're saying, they're not able to have their quote-unquote safety person there. So as the attendees come in, do you have any kind of requests that normally come about that they're looking for something in
1: particular when they arrive, or is it just so diverse that it's all over the place? So that's where our evaluations come in, right? So, every year, every attendee in every session fills out an evaluation, an evaluation on the content, an evaluation on the speaker, and the time. And then when the conference is over, uh, you know, three or four weeks from now, we're all going to sit down as a staff, and we're going to review all those evaluations. And, you know, we've got some speakers that they just beg us to bring them back every year because they're so good, right? We have others that, you know, they were okay, but uh, maybe not that interested in attending that session so that tells us uh, next year so that tells us okay we need to find something new something better so we're always trying to improve through that process
0: so how soon does the the planning start you say three to four weeks here is when you start having these conversations (laughs) does the planning start that quick for next year yeah
1: it's it pretty much starts almost immediately when this when this uh, session when uh, this conference is over
0: Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Now, I have to tell you, I, when I walked up a few minutes ago, you were having a conversation with, with a group of people that I'm here at Fisher Improvement Technologies, and you were talking about some of the key, well, I won't say key indicators, but you are talking about the, the things that lead to most fatalities. And you were talking about the, the three, the, the top three currently.
1: Yes. Could you cover that
0: with our audience?
1: Yeah. So the leading cause of death for all workers in all industries is, is vehicle crashes. So, you know, that's, and that's crashing in company vehicles or I'm driving and I'm on company time, for example, in my own car and and I'm involved in a fatality crash. That's the leading cause of death across all industries. The second leading cause of death is falls, right? Um, and the, the number one fall type is loss of a ladder. Uh, And then the third leading cause of death is workplace shootings. Um, So um, active shooter response, emergency planning, emergency action plans for businesses, Uh, that's really become a priority of ours over the last four or five years.
0: So as you see, that there's a lot of people asking for the active shooter training to do that properly. Are you seeing a lot of people focusing on vehicles? I know that that at one of the the spots a few rows down from here, there is a car that's crashed and it's inside of a, looks like a trailer. It talks about that there was somebody that was drunk driving and there five deaths had occurred. So are you seeing more and more people now requesting information about, I guess, driving behaviors and proper driving?
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, we we actually would like that interest to spike more. Um, typically, what we see is companies that have large fleets that that have people that do a lot of driving. You know, trucking companies, delivery companies, um, public utilities, right? Things of that nature. They typically have you know a driver required driver training. Um, they monitor their crashes. They try to. Uh, change their training based on what's causing their crashes, right? It's about looking at data and trying to improve. They have good, you know, cell phone use policies, those types of things. But again, those smaller, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 people companies um, that do drive a lot of vehicles, that's where the gap is. And uh, so we really are making a concerted effort to try to get more and more of those companies to understand the risk. And that, you know what, even if I have two employees that drive, I need to train those people. I need to make sure those vehicles are properly maintained. And I need to have good policies and rules that those drivers follow uh, to try to mitigate that risk because they're more likely to get caught, uh, be, be killed doing that than anything else they do in their job. So,
0: and if you don't mind me asking, Is there somewhere where this data might be available for people to actually look at? Is it on the website? Mm -hmm. Well, so,
1: yeah. Actually, if you go to our parent organization's website, uh, and you can link through it through ours, ours is ndsc.org, but uh, the National Safety Council, which is nsc.org, um, they have a, a publication online called Injury Facts. And they every year they put all of the injury and fatality data together from all industries and put it into one downloadable document. And it's updated every year. So there, that's that's the the place to go to get all that information.
0: So as you're doing this throughout so many years, you've been up here for 7 years, you were in the law enforcement industry prior. What are the changes that you've seen over the few over the last few years, especially in regards of like technology playing a factor to what we have going on?
1: Well, you mean here at the conference? Well, or?
0: we can say the conference or you can even talk about the, the, in the safety world. I mean, we oh, can yeah. ta- we can do yeah. both because yeah. I mean, I think they're both important.
1: So, I've seen this uh reversal of trend. And what I mean by that is, you know, we go back 15, 20 years and a lot of safety training was, you know, a person teaching a class to a group of people, right? Whether it be OSHA or any other topic. And slowly but surely, a lot of companies were moving away from in-person training to online training. So, you know, we would, like OSHA, OSHA 10, for example, is offered online through several different resources. Um, now we're seeing that pendulum swing the other way. And the reason is, is because there have been quite a few studies and even companies just interviewing and evaluating from their own employees that, that online training is not dynamic, right? It, it misses that human element of that, that, you know, uh, expert in that field that has real world experience teaching a topic to a group of people. And more importantly, a person that's passionate about what they are talking about, and statistically, because it's all about retention, right? It, it does me no good to go into a classroom and teach on a topic, and then they don't take the information in, and apply it on their in their workplace or even at home. So, how do the, how do we increase the retention? And the answer is, we change how we deliver the information. If there's something, if if I already know information, and I. Uh, I, all I need is to refresh my, my knowledge. That's a perfect example of where online training is effective, right? I already know it. I just need to refresh what I, what I've learned, but learning something for, for the first time on a topic needs to be, you know, a professional, uh, presented by, by somebody who knows what they're talking about and is passionate about. And so what we're, we what we see nationwide is more of a shift. Um, in fact, I just, just Maybe an hour ago, we, we had a conversation with a customer who was, was planning on, on having me do a, uh, a webinar because they have locations all over the United States, right? And they were going to bring all their local employees into a, a, a session and then you know broadcast me to all of their other locations. And they, we, we said, you know, we'll do that, but we don't recommend it, and here's why. And they just got back to us and said, you know what, we've thought about it. Um, and we're going to have you go to these locations and do it in, in person because it's just going to be more effective.
0: So let me ask a question off of that then. What about the webinars where people can interact? Would you say that that's not, not as good either because it's not having the person there with you?
1: The the, the evaluations that we have, because we that's that's distance learning, mm-hmm. right? And the evaluations that we've taken from students in distance learning is that it's still not as interactive as that, that in-person. You know, they they still statistically, for example, they ask way fewer questions. Even though they can see the person, they can talk to them, it's not the same as, as you being present with them. So, again, I think if we uh, be a little bit more selective on how we apply that that learning, um, I think it has its, its place in several different venues. But uh, when it's important, critical, life-saving information that they don't know, that needs to be a different venue.
0: As it almost gets to the point where you have to have the conversation, how do you push that message forward for it to be widespread for people to understand, yeah. hey, th- the distance learning only works in certain scenarios, especially when you're seeing the brand new thing, because I'll tell you there's a lot of courses where master courses, as they say online, where you can take them. And this is the first time that you're learning it. And they expect you to be able to have these mastery levels as you, as you leave it.
1: Oh yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I, my daughter who's about to start college, she's even taken a few distance learning classes in her senior year. And, you know, she's even told me, you know, you know, okay. So I, I think I've got what I need, but, you know, did I feel connected to the instructor? Did I, did I feel, um, you know, really invested in the information and in the class? And she said no. So it, it, it's definitely being used. And I, I just think that, you know, more and more organizations need to. And, and of course, there's also a difference between a topic that, that I'm required to know because it's something that I need for my degree <laughs> versus something that, okay, it could cost me my life. So there is that
0: element as well. And do you see where people might give you some pushback because of generational gaps, maybe because of age oh, demographics? Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. But the interesting thing is, you know, millennials, uh, more than any other generation, are visual learners, right? They, uh, and, and they like to connect. And um, and interact with things, and so when they have the upper and they've done a lot of distance learning, web learning, right? They're they're used to that, but when they have the the opportunity to have that in person training and that hands on approach, and somebody's there talking and interacting with them. The evaluations we get are just off the charts. That they they love that right because they are more visual and that includes being able to see and talk and interact with a person. And, and also the other side is that you have
0: some, such events. It's the one that we're at right now that gives people the perfect opportunity to do the interaction piece. Yeah, where they, where they can see the instructor and they're with a group of let's say similar. They might be same skilled or something along those lines where they can actually have these conversations where you know where sometimes it might be a little bit awkward of well I'm just about to send an email to someone. <laughs> (laughs) Or something in a chat box where they're going to be able to keep forever and go, maybe this is not as difficult of a question. So so I think it's a great approach. Now, if people want to know more about the conference and more things that are actually going on with you and the organization, where can they go?
1: Oh, definitely go to our website, which is, uh, ndsc.org. Um, and you can send messages, uh, to any of our program directors and, uh, program managers, and they, they can get you to, you know, our, our, uh, subject matter experts. Um, and we have subject matter experts on virtually anything safety related in industry that you can think of. And, uh, we'd be happy to, to help you and, and, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, walk you down that road to make a safer environment for your folks so but
0: our listeners do not have to be in north dakota to be able to actually no, no. So we want to make sure that they're clear on that border. yeah
1: no ab- absolutely not so okay well i really do appreciate you coming on to the show thank you jay
0: this episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by arrow the next generation error reduction and mitigation system for more information go to arrow
1: Enjoy the best safety shows on the planet on safetyfm.com
0: safetyfm.com This episode has been powered by Safety
1: FM. With the changes going on in the world, Safety FM will have the first virtual town hall. With some of your favorite hosts, listen on their safetyfm.com and safetyfm.life.